0: I have a very low tolerance for that kind of uh, tomfoolery. <laughs> tomfoolery. <laughs> Even you as don't a, like Mr. Bean? No, as a child, it gave me too much like anxiety because oh he, he was messing up too much stuff, and I didn't like it. That
1: is deeply on brand.
0: Look, <laughs> Jesus, he Christ. wasn't following the rules. <laughs> Hello, Mission Recall listeners. It's your hosts, Oriana Schwint. And Steve Parkers. And we are coming to you from the end of the first week of 2022. And general consensus is, it sucks shit.
1: So far, off to a bad start. (laughs) Uh, Zero out of ten, cannot recommend.
0: (laughs) It's pretty, it's been pretty... Weird and oddly comforting to see literally every other person be like, wow, I want to wade into the sea. Yeah,
1: at least on like Twitter, which is where I spend most of my time and like twitter is always a pretty negative place but it does feel like the vibe generally speaking is worse than usual it
0: is and even i i have some i have like one or two friends who are offline
1: congratulations
0: (laughs) (laughs) and they have also been losing their minds it's just it's real bad it's just something in the air and that something is (laughs) coronavirus (laughs) it's pretty pretty bad again still
1: happening year three baby let's go jesus
0: so we're we're Back from hiatus, which was very restorative, <laughs> <laughs> as you can tell. But um, before we dive into our the uh, like the movie we're actually supposed to talk about this episode, our last episode before we went on hiatus was The Matrix, and we talked about the sequels and how like the
1: matrices, the,
0: the matrices. But so our last episode, you know, we hadn't seen the latest Matrix sequel,
1: Resurrections.
0: Um, but now we have
1: Erections. I'll cut that part out.
0: <laughs> I don't think you should.
1: I probably won't.
0: So, you know, we thought we would update you guys on our thoughts about The Matrix Resurrections. What did you think,
1: Steve? Uh, Drumroll. We thought it was fine.
0: It's fine. It's fine. It's, it's a totally fine movie. Uh, ha- again, it's, it's that same thing where a lot of interesting ideas, clearly grappling with some stuff. Um, just not.
1: Didn't really congeal re- as a movie. It was a bunch of cool ideas and thoughts, and even some good sequences mm-hmm. that never, I don't know, in my opinion, didn't ever come together as a really cohesive movie. There was just, it was kind of a mess. And it is a lot like uh, the sequels yeah. in, in that way, where like there's a lot of cool stuff to unpack and think about. And I enjoyed watching it. I think the biggest bummer for me was that we didn't see it in a theater.
0: Yeah. We,
1: we really wanted to. It, I think that would have helped. I know. I think so too. I've seen some movies in theaters, and I was like, oh, oh cool. The Godzilla movies, Aww. number one, where just like, I'm having a great time just clapping like a fucking seal. <laughs> and then I watch it at home and like, oh, was I drunk? <laughs> um, and I not to say that The Matrix is not as bad as the modern Godzilla movies. No, no, because
0: like, the Matrix movies are all trying to say something. They are. And I like applaud that.
1: I do, too. It is, yeah, it's more than just like, big dumb movie there is actually something that is you know happening beneath the surface that that is being explored uh or right on top of the surface like the just the self-referential just <laughs> yeah. like warner brothers is making us I, this do is so this funny. very wow. very good uh love it but yeah you know i don't know a b it was a b of a movie yeah i certainly it wasn't the b movie by jerry um, Seinfeld.
0: oh my goodness which the plot to that is insane. We're not going to go not into that, get into the but uh, we don't have time for all that.
1: It would actually be a pretty good podcast,
0: just unpacking B movie mm-hmm. for like six episodes.
1: <laughs> how it happened, why it <laughs> happened.
0: But we, so okay, The Matrix Resurrections, fine. Yeah, you know, see I can't. You. I can't. Yeah, I can't find myself getting too worked up about it either way. Everyone
1: got really worked up about it in in both directions. It was either the greatest thing ever or the worst pile of trash. And, you know, my hot take, more and more, I feel like my hot take has been, yeah, fine. All right. You know, like sometimes a movie can just be fine.
0: Yeah. we don't
1: have to make it part of our identity. That isn't
0: to take away from people who, for whom this movie really resonated with. That, I'm glad it did. Uh, uh, I'm
1: taking it away from Oh, that. okay. Yeah, it was just fine. That's so you.
0: <laughs> no, but, we're letting people like things in 2022. Everything is hard, so yeah, if go you, with God. If you
1: like it, I certainly wouldn't disparage you for liking it. There was a lot to like, and I didn't dislike it. So I don't know. Matrix Resurrections. All
0: Fine. right. All right. <laughs> sure. Um, so we are starting off with a. I have the word "good" here written, but I'm not sure this qualif This movie.
1: Good in quotation. Marks.
0: Yeah, I, it, 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 this movie feels kind of beyond good or bad. This is, of course, Luke Besson. I'm, <laughs> He's sure. French, so yeah. fine. Uh, his 1997 sci-fi classic, The Fifth Element, which one of the many that I hadn't seen before before we started doing this podcast. And
1: one of the many that I had seen many, many times before.
0: Did you have it on like VHS? Sure
1: did. Mm. Damn right. Uh, I think it was one of the Easter movies that my parents would get us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So uh I've I'd watched it many times, but it had been years since yeah. I'd seen it. A friend of mine actually gave me this D V D copy that we have now, which was nice. He didn't want it and I was like, Yeah, I mean know, oh, fifth yeah, element. Sure. sure. Uh and God, it's it's really weird and I mean that in, in a,
0: That's a compliment now. An
1: almost entirely good way. Yeah. It's real goofy. It's so
0: it's goofy. It's a cartoon. It is. It's it's it nears farce in a lot of places, which makes Sense given Luke.
1: Luke Bisson. Yeah, so the movie follows uh, Corbin Dallas, played by Bruce Willis, as he has to retrieve four stones, uh, which are elements. Yes. And there is a fifth element. Uh, a lady
0: who's <laughs> a lady, played
1: by Mia Jovovich, uh, pre Resident Evil days. This is sort of her big break, and yeah. uh, as far as American and audiences, I see why. oh, I mean, uh, yeah, peak Mia Jovovich in, in the '90s, like, ooh. and Ian Holm is there, yeah. uh, being great, being great. Gary Oldman is just chewing the it, shit out of the scene. Gary
0: Oldman has the most bizarre. Southern question mark Texan, accent,
1: sort of vaguely menacingly south
0: southwestern. Is, so Gary Oldman is the villain, and it's wonderful to me that the French are like, oh, oh, oh. we will America. make we will make the villain have a Texan accent as portrayed by a British man.
1: Well, and having now you know seen this for the first time in years, the parallels from Gary Oldman's character to. Current day Elon Musk, I found <laughs> fascinating. Now, Elon doesn't have the Texan accent yet, but I bet he'll adopt that in, oh, in the God, next few yeah. years. But just sort of this, this over the top corporate villain he he had at one point early in the film somebody says like the economy's overheating we got to cool it down and he says fire a million employees so he's clearly this enormous business owner god knows how many businesses or how big a business it is zorb zorg 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 is his name great (laughs) not that different than musk Really. No. So he is trying to get the stones as well for vaguely evil purposes.
0: Yeah, he wants to give he wants to be the one to give them to the ancient evil that will use that like cuz the stones combine with the fifth element to create a sky beam that will sky defeat beam. the ancient evil mm-hmm. which is like a planet that's It's on sort of fire. a planet
1: guy. Yeah. Um, it's a big planet, big fire planet. And like planet.
0: I, it, it that feels very kind of like 60s sci-fi, very kind of Madeline Langle type uh, villain which I I really appreciate.
1: Yeah, it doesn't really matter all that much kind of why it also doesn't really make a whole lot of sense why zorg would be doing this he's already fabulously wealthy so the money you wouldn't think would matter that much it's unclear really why he's doing this it's
0: funny because he has a whole Dialogue with Ian Holmes. Uh, Ian Holmes is like the priest yep. that is supposed to be the one to activate the four stones when the Supreme Being, Fifth Element Lady, s- finally stops by and they defeat the. E- pops and so on that in. So she pops on in, so they can defeat the evil. And so Ian Holmes and Gary Oldman have this conversation in Zorg's office, and they both clearly state. What everything is about, like Zorg talks about life comes from destruction and the the ancient evil is a destructive force. Then he chokes on a cherry pit until Ian Holm stops that from, you know.
1: Yeah, it gives him the Heimlich by slapping him on the back. Yeah.
0: You know, the French Heimlich. Yeah, and the cherry pit goes into... The eye of a little, little guy. a little guy. This I don't even know guy. how to describe it. Uh, definitely watch this. It's worth. There's weird creature design. There's cool cost. The costumes are utterly insane in really interesting ways.
1: Yeah, a lot of prosthetics. A lot of cool aliens, creatures, colors. Uh, just it's colorful. It's very funny that everything kind of sucks in yeah. the future. That they, they really nailed Feels. that. <laughs> Besides, just the Musk guy. You've also got they go to JFK or the equivalent of JFK. <laughs> And it's just filled with garbage.
0: Which, I mean, not long off, honestly.
1: Yeah. Their whole big thing is like, oh, you've won tickets to this paradise. It's paradise. And it's it's a fucking carnival cruise. It's a cruise ship.
0: You go go at light speed to a different planet.
1: To be in another ship that's just on the ocean. And And then it
0: rises above. It like goes into orbit.
1: Yeah so you can see the sunset, which like, that's cool, I guess. But uh seems like a lot of work for a cruise ship. You could have probably just done that in the Pacific. I yeah. don't know. It's all just kind of tacky and garish. And they also kind of nailed, I know, uh, so I was kind of reading up on the movie beforehand and Chris Tucker's performance was pretty, uh, a lot of people didn't like it, which I do understand. It's I, pretty annoying.
0: It's a Chris Tucker thing for me. I, I find every performance of his that I watch, I just want to beg him to turn it down slightly. It's the volume thing, honestly. So
1: he's doing the Chris Tucker thing, uh, which was the thing to do in the 90s. And (laughs) there's a lot that's funny about the performance. I think we could have used about 50% less. I think I would have been okay with the volume and just his general general performance if there had been just 50% less of it overall. It's just, it wears thin after a while. Very quickly. (laughs) Uh, Or almost immediately for for you. But it also did kind of predict like influencers. It's sort of got a TikTok vibe.
0: I feel like there's a number of things that I feel like that performance and that character and the surroundings kind of had an influence on. Like it very much feels like uh, Suzanne Collins had this in mind when she was writing The Hunger Games and those sequels because the capital people in those books and movies are all just chris tucker and the other people associated
1: yeah the hunger games thing is interesting i hadn't really uh connected those because
0: i've only seen one of the movies i mean even the costumes kind of feel inspired by that vision of the future yeah i can see that it's just really
1: frenetic and what's interesting in re-watching this is i'd always thought of this movie as an action movie i think that's how it was classified there's not actually all that much action in it in terms of like how you traditionally think of action movies mm-hmm. in terms of like fights and chases and battles and gunfights. like there's all of those things but a lot of it is just silly hijinks yeah there's less of those action tropes than you would think and a lot more people just running around being loud Doing weird and being things. weird. <laughs>
0: Bruce Willis shoving the military guys into his refrigerator mm-hmm. and then shoving Mia Hovovich and Ian Holm into various other parts of his home and the silliness that ensues from that. Yeah,
1: it's it's real slapstick. It's very French, sort of Jerry Lewis-esque. Mm. I don't know, man. I'm I'm not saying I want movies to necessarily be like that, but you were talking about the new Dune, which we both really like. Yeah. I don't want the new Dune to be slapsticky. No, but it's sort of indicative of like there's kind of no fun in anything. No. Or the, much less
0: there's no fun there's no color i understand that dune is a desert like yes i read the book i know dune is a desert planet but can we do something interesting something visually interesting with the future
1: i feel bad we're, we're picking on dune which we shouldn't because I, it, dune is actually
0: very good and inter- and like creepy and i and totally interesting get it. and like yeah, 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 yeah.
1: if there's a movie that's gonna have that kind of look that's the one to have sure. that, but I feel like all movies have kind of adopted just the gray-brown color palette yeah. and everything just being full of, of meaning and and portend.
0: And yeah, gimme, give gimme give like little guys. Like just give have a me, weird little guy. Have a weird little guy. Have like you know, this movie aesthetically reminded me a lot of Total Recall and you know, gimme a Quado. Yeah. Give me a little weird guy popping out of a a dude's abdomen and that's the leader of your rebellion
1: (laughs) yeah like uh, this is sort of a less gross version of Total Recall like there's less body horror but there's still lots of real weirdos running around and yeah And I like uh, also the things just sort of happen and most people are kind of dumb. Like, it seems like everybody in charge, the cops are all just buffoons. Airport security is a joke. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone who's trying to get to the stones before Bruce Willis, like all of Gary Oldman's henchmen, just keep fucking things up. Yeah. The weird alien guys (laughs) that can morph into other people keep fucking it up. Like everybody's just... They're all clowns. It's just a big series of, of... silliness it's a sitcom basically is in space and two hours long
0: two hours long and a kind of weird soundtrack there's there's some weird musical choices in this but again like i'm not even going to classify them as good or bad because i was like fascinating i don't really know what to think of this but like i'm not bored which is amazing
1: i mean i think my favorite at least the thing that is most indicative of the music that like best represents the music choices in this film is when our huge blue alien, which, paging James Cameron, I guess, <laughs> she's singing opera. And, because why not? Because why not? You go to space to listen to a giant alien sing <laughs> opera. Sure. And then the there's a needle drop, and she starts... Kind of singing along to this EDM, like, uh, techno right. beat. Right, and
0: it feels like that is both diegetic and not. I
1: th- I think you're right. I think it is diegetic because she's dancing along she to is. the beat. With some very silly little arm movements. <laughs> uh, so this it's, huge big She kind of pulls off. Yeah, well, she's very tall, so it's you amazing know. what you can pull off when you're tall. I wouldn't know. I mean, either. That scene... For me, sums up the whole movie because one thing Luc Besson does very well is this intercutting between different scenes all Mm -hmm. happening at the Mm -hmm. same time and kind of cutting along to the music. Mm -hmm. It's like a music video. I actually don't know if he did music videos. He seems like seems like he must
0: have. have. Yeah,
1: it's both. Indicative of the movie in the best and worst ways. Yeah.
0: It's a weird movie. It's so weird. I like how grimy everything is while still having color. Like, that's, it's the, again, total recall thing where it feels like a very lived-in world despite this. It didn't look like it had an amazing budget, necessarily.
1: It had a decent budget. I think the problem is, at least with other Besson movies I've seen, I'm not sure he knows best how to spend his budget. <laughs> uh, it looks kind of cheap in a lot of ways, yeah. while clearly still having plenty of money to throw at other things. I mean, it's got a hell of a cast. and That's
0: true. That must have taken up. I mean, Bruce Willis was...
1: Yeah, this was still mid to late 90s, uh, Bruce Willis. So, yeah. yeah, he was still doing the Die Hard movies. He was in Pulp Fiction. Armageddon. Armageddon. Like, I would say this is pretty much the peak of yeah. Bruce Willis's star power. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Kudos for him. It doesn't seem like the kind of movie that he would want to do. I am so curious.
0: Honestly. I should... Probably have read like an interview with it. Like, uh, what attracted you to this project? Probably Bruce? the money.
1: They probably yeah. threw a lot That's of true. money at him.
0: Yeah, it does work. There are some interesting kind of gender things that I noticed, where you know Bruce Willis is very masculine uh, in in those traditional action hero ways. And then everyone else who is like fairly ineffectual is not, and that's interesting to me. I don't know if it was super intentional or if it was just kind of a byproduct of the time. Chris Tucker is has a very like effeminate, kind of flamboyantly gay question, but he's not. He's not. He's gay, not.
1: Or uh, he he feels weirdly ahead of his time. I think this is the French thing again. Yeah, where. There's this sort of androgynous bisexuality or uh,
0: pansexuality. pansexuality.
1: Like, you know, there's a scene where he's just going down on a a flight attendant. Yeah. Which, that's fun. That is fun. You know, so very sex positive. You could argue that he's sort of a stereotype, but he's also technically straight or at least bi. Right. I don't know. It's kind of an interesting, like, it's weirdly, it doesn't feel mocking. It doesn't feel like his character is there to necessarily be made fun of.
0: I don't disagree like a hundred percent, but I do feel as though he is there to provide a stark contrast to, he is the like shrieking, he kind of takes the place of the shrieking woman. Mm. Like what's her name in Indiana Jones and the temple of doom.
1: Uh, Yeah. um,
0: He does fill that role where like, you know, occasionally offers some help, but mostly just runs around screaming their head off well, the big strong man actually does the good thing. Kate Capshaw, Spielberg's wife. Oh, oh sorry.
1: <laughs> um, it's not her fault. No, I mean, I'd be pissed if I were her. And that's how my husband, I don't know if they were married at the time, but that's how my husband uh, had me play the character. Right. Like, do you hate me?
0: It was, yeah, just screaming all the time and kind of irritating. Oh,
1: incredible. Like, kind of, that movie has a lot of problems. But, like, she did a lot to ruin that movie. Yeah. uh, And
0: uh, so it is interesting, again, that, like, in Fifth Element, it's a man who's doing that, but... He is very much filling that role and he is like dressed effeminately and acts uh, effeminately. So I'm unsure what to make of it. I yeah. just, I did notice it though.
1: That is true. You you do bring up a good point. And I think also part of it is that because uh, Mia Jovovich's character is the hero, yeah. technically, like she doesn't need to be saving. She even says that yeah. uh, In when they're flying through space. Yeah. She says like, ah, I protect you. Like, don't worry about it. Good. Um and then there is sort of a like he still ends up rescuing her, so that's doesn't totally pan out. But I think because they couldn't lean on her for that traditional exactly. role, you're right that like, oh, well, we'll just have Chris Tucker. They still
0: felt the need to fill it. I'm glad that's mostly gone away
1: yeah that's pretty much gone yeah so that is good kind of weird how in kind of the end of the second act the third act mia jovovich is just passed out in a duct yeah and it's and like they
0: so didn't know what you to have, do with her so then you have bruce willis doing it's so interesting because you're totally right about how this action movie doesn't have that much action in it until the juncture of the second and third acts where these nasty alien guys take over the cruise ship and Bruce Willis has to do every action trope in in the book. And it's kind of fun how quickly they run through them. There's like single guy versus army. There's shooting a hostage taker in the head while he's holding a hostage. There's a bomb countdown. Like we have all of these things happening Within, like, the span of five minutes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, oh, right, we gotta do We gotta action.
0: do oh, shit. There's, <laughs> There's explosions, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, explosions while the guy, like, runs away, flies away.
1: Yeah, it's just oops-all action for, like, seven minutes, and then that's over, and then they go to Egypt.
0: To yeah. <laughs> it is funny that this preceded the mummy by two years. But the two movies kind of start out similarly where you have white people in like, I guess in this case it's 1914. I think the mummy is yeah. a few years later. But like white people stick in their nose where it doesn't belong and it going poorly for them.
1: It is funny that it takes almost 20 minutes for Bruce Willis to show up in this movie. There's like <laughs> sort of two prologues where in the first one they're in Egypt and this guy who keeps yelling Aziz Light uh, is discovering this thing and for some reason that means he has to die. I'm not entirely sure why. Yeah. But then the big weird uh, duck alien guys show <laughs> up and, and take the stones and leave. And then it goes and we meet the big planet evil thing. Yeah. Uh, and kind of set up that. And then we meet Bruce yeah. Willis.
0: Yeah, we meet the president of yeah. Tiny, Earth.
1: tiny Lister. Uh, yeah. Who he's great in this. He, he passed away a couple or in 2020, which is too bad. Yeah. He's, he's great. Just a, not somebody you would expect. No. A, a lot of just kind of weird looking people all through this movie. Yeah. Just kind of being cast against type, but yeah. in a way that works.
0: Like, you know, it's this, I think, Tiny Lister was like six seven or something. Enormous, a yeah. huge, a huge black man playing president, and I love that. I yeah. really, I think that's really, really great.
1: To all the actors' credit, they all sell the silliness very well, and they they all seem game. Yeah, which is fun. So like. I don't know. It's nice to just have a movie where everyone's just having, being, being little goofballs, having a nice (laughs) time. Being
0: little weirdos. Like, especially given that the ending of this movie, like, it is kind of matrixy in that love saves the day. That's true. The love between our two action heroes.
1: That's funny, yeah. So, and that's also in Resurrections. Yeah. Love is even more so, I yeah. would say, in the new one. And uh, it just reminded me again, we might have talked about this during the Matrix episode, uh, but Interstellar, the Chris Nolan oh, yeah. movie, uh, also is about love transcending space and kind of saving the world in the end. Uh, spoiler, I guess. <laughs> Which is very funny because Interstellar is such a Mm self-serious... It's a movie that I do actually enjoy quite a bit, but there are parts of it that are just a fucking song (laughs) that I often will just kind of skip over because I've seen it a few times. It's just like, yeah, like, oh, Casey Affleck's being kind of moody, not Bryce Dallas Howard, the other one. Jessica Chastain (laughs) is there, and uh, she's sad. Um, So that stuff is kind of boring. But then, you know, you get Anne Hathaway talking about how love can can transcend time and space.
0: That's what ad astra needed honestly
1: that's needed a lot more than that
0: yeah i do i am i am a sucker for uh our love is is what defeats the evil i am such a sucker for that
1: i will say i did not buy mia jovovich and bruce willis as a couple not quite they did that thing that old hollywood movies do and french movies do where the characters meet for like five minutes and then they're in love.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, which normally I don't really care about that. That's that's a perfectly fine trope, but I just like Bruce Willis isn't capable of love,
0: right? Not sorry, in sorry,
1: he can't sell that. He can sell a lot. I like Bruce Willis, but I he think, can't yeah. sell that.
0: He earns that million dollar a day. God, hey good day. for him, you know? Shit, like, know your worth, I, I guess.
1: Yeah, right, like just show up for a day, do nothing, get a million bucks, and then the stupid movies on Netflix, and nobody even knows it exists. Just shows up in your stepfather's queue.
0: <laughs> 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 gotta gotta cut that guy off. Right? Gotta make like, him a new profile.
1: Who, who gave him the password?
0: John, make your own profile.
1: Stop, you're fucking up my recommendations.
0: God. Why are you watching Ancient Aliens on Netflix? I didn't even know that was on here. <laughs>
1: so otherwise, you know, like that is kind of a hard sell for me. The, their
0: relationship never quite
1: gels, but it also
0: it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Have to is kind that. So I guess that's like good on Luke for crafting this movie around a love story that doesn't actually need to work all that well. <laughs>
1: no, I think what I. Wanted to say when I brought up Interstellar in particular is that I think what Fifth Element does better in terms of that whole storyline is like when it's revealed in Interstellar that this is kind of a love story, it's all about love. It's too serious and it Mm. comes across as kind of funny. Like I I remember being like, really? (laughs) Oh, Uh, I mean, the effects look cool. Great,
0: great soundtrack.
1: And it's because it is. I mean, yeah, great simmer work there. But like, because the movie takes itself so seriously, trying to sell this idea of love mm-hmm. as this connective tissue kind of doesn't work. Whereas Fifth Element and actually Matrix Resurrections don't take themselves that seriously. Yeah. Resurrections actually takes itself less seriously than the previous three movies, yeah. I think. and
0: Which uh, goes a long way, honestly. Yeah.
1: So like having it just be kind of this silly love story works because... The movie's not, like, giving you a lecture. It's no. It's just like, come along for the fun. Some weird yeah. shit happens. I don't know. It's about love. Whatever. All right. End credits. Let's freeze frame. <laughs> it ends on a freeze frame. It does it end on, on a I freeze frame. I forgot about that. Of the two of them boning in a weird tube. <laughs> just like. Who let them in there? Get them a hotel room. Why are they in the why tube? Why are they
0: in the, well, they, they needed to To rest heal?
1: or heal. I don't know. Yeah.
0: But why not? Why weren't they in separate tubes? For the sex. Love. Uh, love, I mean. <laughs> yeah.
1: So we don't have a comparison corner this week, because what can you compare it to, really?
0: They never did anything with this.
1: Which is interesting, because it was it, it was kind of hard to find. I got conflicting reports on the box office. It looks like it made about like $63 million in the U.S. I'm assuming that's uh, not counting inflation. Yeah. And... Maybe two hundred and sixty million worldwide. I don't know if that's inflation adjusted or mm. not. It did well, uh, but not like mind blowing yeah. good. This was the same year the Titanic came out, so
0: oh man, uh, it was <laughs> bad a, luck there.
1: So I was looking up the box office, and it's fascinating. What a year it Bean? was. Mr. Bean, the Mr. Oh Bean my God. movie. According again, this is where I get kind of the squiggly numbers, so take it with a grain of salt. According to Box Office Mojo, in 1997, after Titanic, the second highest-grossing movie of the year was Bean, the Mr. Bean what? movie, at 251 million dollars, and you know Titanic made 1.8 billion. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Titanic was a was a monster, but then it's like Men in Black, Jurassic Park, The Lost World, Liar Liar, Air Force One. As that good is as it gets. Good fascinating well to me
0: that Liar Liar out did Air Force One. I, mean, I comedies, guess that was kind of peak Jim Carrey. Yeah,
1: that was like. He, that was peak Jim Carrey. But, yeah. like, comedies could be at the top of the box
0: office. Yeah, I mean, as good as it gets <laughs> is in movie. the top ten. <laughs> like, it was. Can I, you imagine?
1: My Best Friend's Wedding. Dude. Uh, but then you got a James Bond movie. Ooh, Julia Roberts. Off. George of the Jungle. Scream oh, my 2. God. Not all of these movies are masterpieces necessarily, but, man.
0: There's a variety there. There's
1: That's it. There's a variety. And a lot of them are fucking good movies movies yeah like it's just a good year you go scroll further down the list and it's still good like la confidential and anaconda well all right not anaconda, <laughs> dante's peak the devil's advocate Kiss oh also the girls. Vo-
0: also volcano uh, if dante's peak
1: yeah volcano is further down because it didn't do as well
0: even though it's worse <laughs> the more enjoyable of the two it's
1: <laughs> debatable the Jackal Starship Troopers, Austin Powers was I'm surprisingly far down that the that is list.
0: surprisingly far down. It's
1: number thirty eight weird. Uh, Starship
0: Troopers came out in ninety seven,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to watch that one
0: it's so good, but
1: it's just like the variety of movies whereas <sighs> fucking broken record, I know. but, like
0: <laughs> what what
1: what are we doing? What
0: here? are we doing? It's all the same. It's when all... was the last time, like, a comedy? Movie like a like a good comedy.
1: I I don't know like Wedding Crashers like Step oh my God. Brothers. You role know, role
0: models.
1: I don't think role models even did that well. It,
0: I don't think it did. It's a good but movie quality.
1: Quality, yeah. But like, I don't know the last time a comedy was in like the top ten of That's the true. box office
0: that like everyone kind of was talking about. Yeah,
1: Borat. <laughs> Jesus,
0: I think maybe
1: kind of that era when you you know sort of the vince Vaughn will ferrell uh Mm -hmm. judd apatow era Mm -hmm. since then there's hasn't really been anything and yeah we have definitely gone off topic because fifth element isn't technically a comedy
0: but it is it's funny funny. it it does border on farce sometimes which is in the comedy umbrella
1: it's just about the variety like the fifth element was nothing at all like it's, you know, the movies that it shares this kind of area with Dante's yeah. Peak, LA Confidential, Con Air, Flubber. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Con Air, yeah, Con Air is great. Like Face Off, Goodwill Hunting, just all this weird, there's, interesting there's mix. There's a mix of, of stuff, of styles, of, of, types of movies, and it's...
0: Bean. And Bean, number <laughs> what? two. What the what? fuck? I did like it when I saw it. Uh, I think I saw it that year. I have a very low tolerance for that kind of... Uh, tomfoolery. <laughs> tomfoolery. <laughs> Even you as don't a, like Mr. Bean? No, as a child, it gave me too much like anxiety because oh he That's, was messing up too much stuff, and I didn't like it. That is
1: deeply on brand. Look... Jesus he wasn't Christ.
0: following the rules.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the record, the, this is a Bean positive
0: household. <laughs> no.
1: Mr. Bean is great. Possibly the last good thing that uh, Britain put out. Oh,
0: my God. No, Paddington.
1: No, uh, yeah. Yeah, we should expropriate Paddington. Bring him over here. Just, they don't on. deserve They him. don't
0: deserve him.
1: So, yeah, great year. 97. Like, Wow. I, I've often thought of nineteen ninety nine as like my favorite year of the nineties for movies, but god damn, ninety seven might lot, have it be a lot there. There's a lot. And Fifth Element is one And Fifth Element. You know? It's
0: uh, like, make movies weird again. Make more tight... No one listens to this who who is in charge of anything. You could have
1: stopped it. No one listens to this.
0: Well, sure. But please, can we please make movies weird again? Make interesting movies. Not like weird, bad, like The Room, but like (laughs) just... Make interesting choices. Put Florence Pugh in everything because she always makes such interesting choices that are good. Yeah, but like you're like oh, your face.
1: I almost watched Black Widow on a plane uh, because <laughs> of Florence Pugh. I still haven't seen it, but I considered it, and then I just couldn't be bothered. Oh my god! <laughs> but like, she's kind of the only reason I I would actually watch that movie.
0: Yeah, just to see what she does. I,
1: know, I think it's on Disney Plus now. Yeah. Maybe I'll watch it. Nothing weird happens anywhere in movies anymore, yeah. or at least not in like the big action movies. It's
0: either utterly rote, you're like, "Ah, yes, we are following this train of action like, okay, all right, I see what's going to happen." Or if like they do deviate from some kind of formula, they do it poorly and you're like, "This is just this doesn't makes sense. This doesn't work. Well, uh,
1: so while we were watching this, I was thinking about Wonder Woman 84 again, as I do (laughs) every day. And that is, I think, a great example of making choices poorly. Like, it's weird, but it's not intentionally weird. right? And that's kind of the best you can get now. Like, I almost kind of like Wonder Woman 84 for just being so bafflingly awful. It's the room... With a $250 million budget. (laughs) And like, I don't, that's not what I want. To be clear, I don't want movies that are unintentionally weird. No, But that's all you've got now. Like the rare misfire where something is just genuinely baffling and you're kind of sitting there being like, I don't know what the. Fuck! I'm watching. I don't know yeah, what this is, and, but, but you, I am interested.
0: You're you're interested, and you talk about it for like for, months after. It's like a year ago that we saw that stupid movie. Oh my god! Yeah, and still it still comes. Yeah, out. it was Christmas of of 2020. Wow. Oh god. Yikes!
1: And I would love for a movie to be intentionally weird again. Get some weird French motherfucker in there to yeah. make a just baffling it's like a music video gets stretched into two hours yeah and like great i don't know man like i'm not saying fifth element is my favorite movie ever it's no. it's in a lot of ways not great but in a lot of other ways it is great <laughs> like, wow
0: it's, a land of contrasts
1: the fifth element is a land of contrasts
0: <laughs> but it is it is it's beyond good or bad it's it's simply it's interesting yeah.
1: it's captivating i you're you're not bored by it you're Watching the they're whole a thing. Good You're time. just having a good time. You're having fun.
0: You're going oh wait, what? It's
1: campy and Why goofy. do they why
0: why do they look like, you know, they're from a vampire movie. Yeah, like some of the costume choices like utterly bizarre, but great. It's funny cuz
1: they like kind of did dusters and, they, yeah. and kind of a similar Pinstripe
0: dusters. Yeah,
1: it's like almost like the Matrix in the aesthetic but like goofy Matrix.
0: Almost like Well, Blade came out in 99, so like pre-Blade, but very similar aesthetic, though.
1: Yeah, it's like if Blade existed in the Who Framed Roger Rabbit world, Mm. like all kind of cartoony and a little weird. Yeah, just like more of that. Yeah, I'm I'm down to see that kind of shit. It's fun. We're having fun here. We're
0: having fun (laughs) for two hours out of this horrifying existence (laughs) it's
1: yeah 2022 starting out strong so yeah i don't know we're back we're back and uh gonna keep going with other 90s action movies there's a
0: lot of them we've
1: still got a lot to get through there's uh i mean just looking at this box office list like man yeah we gotta watch some of this shit i'm excited stay tuned yeah see you next week nope see you in a couple weeks